be Christmas if we're singing those songs. And I wonder if you're ready for Christmas. I know some of you guys will be out after this is done finishing up your Christmas shopping. Am I right? Come on, guys. Don't be shy. That's who we are. But we can change if we have to. I guess. <laughs> well, friends, the goal of our, our time here tonight, and I hope it is your goal as well, is to just tune our hearts for Christmas here. I mean, it's, it's been a busy, crazy time. Maybe you spent the afternoon folding more presents, wrapping them up, running out of tape, looking for something that'll make this stick. You know, it's, it's, it's a hectic time, and sometimes the tempers get way up here. And this is just an opportunity to get back to what it's all about. So if you have your copy of the scriptures, I want to encourage you to, to look at a passage. We read it previous here. It'll be familiar to you. It's Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at uh, 20 verses here this evening. We're going we're gonna to go through this somewhat quickly. We're going to notice a pattern right away. But before we do, I wonder if you'd pray with me, okay? God, our Father, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that in your great love you sent your Son, Jesus. And Jesus, in your great love, you took on humanity, added humanity to yourself that you might live as a servant and ultimately be our great sacrifice. God, we celebrate today this great love that you have shown to us. And God, I pray, help us, God, to return our thoughts to what this love is really all about. Not about the busyness and the hectic schedules that we've set for ourselves. God, help us to be able to take some time tonight to worship you and give thanks. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. And it can get a little crazy. Have you noticed that it doesn't matter what store you go to, it's like, you know, 95% of the parking spaces are taken. I mean, you know, it's like a free gym membership parking so far away, you know? I mean, count those as your steps every day. It can get a little crazy. People, you know, trying to get there, get that space, you know, beat you to the, the, the one a little closer to the door. And it reminds me of something I heard, a, a story about Billy Graham. Apparently, he was backing his car out of a parking space at a grocery store and somebody was flying down and they almost hit. Well, the guy that was driving the other car flew his door open in a rampage, ran to the car, slammed his hands on the roof and said, where do you think you're going for Christ's sake? And it is said that Billy Graham rolled down his window to say, why I go everywhere for Christ's sake. You know, it's, it's a funny little story here. And you know what? I, I only remember that because when I read through the Christmas story, I, I see the very same thing happening here. In uh, Luke chapter 2, we're going we're gonna to meet an, a number of characters of the Christmas story that did something for Christ's sake. And I want you to notice what happened here. Now, the first two people on the list are very obvious. It's Mary and Joseph, and they left their home for Christ's sake. I mean, look at the circumstances that brought them to Bethlehem. 
You know, in 1 to 3, we read about Caesar's proclamation that everyone should be registered. And to do this, everyone went to their hometown. And of course, uh, Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem because they were descendants of King David. And this was the city of David. And surely it is caused to recall in our own minds a covenant, a promise that the Lord made to King David about his descendants, about how one would rule. And that, that king, of course, being referenced is Jesus. And so what brought them there, this proclamation? I mean, that sounds like, well, that was sure fortunate that they uh, ended up being, uh, Jesus ended up being born there. But we know it was more than just coincidence, friends. It was the providence of God. I mean, the, the same time that Mary was pregnant was the very same time they had to load up their minivan and go off to Bethlehem, you know? So the timing was perfect, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, that was not their hometown, so to speak, other than their generational, and there they are there at the right time. That is the providence of God, and the providence of God is how God works in the lives of people through all kinds of circumstances. And another reason that they ended up in Bethlehem was because of a prophecy in the book of Micah, in chapter 5 and verse 2, there was a very specific prophecy on what city the Christ would be born in. As a matter of fact, a couple of years later when the wise man came from the east and they said, where is he who was born the king? And the king said, we don't know. Let's ask the wise men here. And they, they actually uh, uh, talked to the people who studied the Bible, who knew the scriptures. And they knew exactly where the king was to be born because of this verse. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, insignificant you might say, but from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old and from ancient of days. Talking about the eternal nature of the one who is to be born. And so Mary and Joseph, they left their home for Christ's sake. But it wasn't just them. Look at verse 8. The angels, the angels left heaven. And why did they do it? It was for Christ's sake. I mean, when they arrived, they had a peculiar audience. It was shepherds. I mean, now shepherds, think about the significance of this. There would be a day to come from this event in which John the Baptist would point at this babe who is to be born and say, Behold, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundations of the earth as Jesus. Before This was planned from the very beginning. But behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And, uh, and, and uh, surely... It is significant that the first announcement of this birth went to these shepherds who, by the way, were in the field raising these lambs who would be slaughtered at Passover, an image of Jesus who died for the sin of others. And so here is this audience, these shepherds. And these shepherds were outcasts. These people were not allowed to testify in court. They were just looked at as a bunch of no goods, no, no good people, you know. They just, they just couldn't trust those guys. 
And think of the significance of the message going to this kind of person. Because it is exactly this kind of person for which Jesus came. To die in the place of sinners. And here are these, these, these uh, shepherds and they're stunned. They are in need of a, a savior. And look at here in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field. And they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. In a little corner there. Bright lights, the glory of God being sparked from these messengers. The word angel itself means messenger. And they came with a very good message of good news. And look at their announcement here. And the angel said to them, as angels always say to people whenever they appear, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, don't be afraid. Because my friends, if an angel appeared to us very much today, there would be a whole lot of shaking going on, if you know what I'm saying. They were an awesome sight to be sure. And their first message was a message of peace. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. Just that little, little phraseology of introduction of Jesus. In the city of David who is Christ. Christ means anointed one, the chosen one. The Hebrew version is Messiah, the one who is prophesied that he will one day come and take care of the sins of the world. And sure enough, he is referred to as the Christ. But my friends, before that, he is Savior. As a matter of fact, do you remember what they named this baby? The angel gave them the name, and you shall call him, and everyone said, Jesus. And you know what the name Jesus means? The Lord's salvation. He had come. The very purpose of his coming was to rescue us from the penalty of hell. Separation from God for all eternity. And they came for Christ's sake to announce his birth. And what did these shepherds do? You know, we saw the announcement about a son, about a savior, and he even gave them a sign. Unto you this is, is born this day in the city of, of uh, David, a savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby, nothing unusual about that, wrapped in swaddling clothes, nothing unusual about that. Practice was to keep their bones straight. Now, it doesn't make any sense, but that's what they did. And notice this. This is the unusual part. He would be lying in a manger, a hewn-out stone that became the dinner plate for cattle. What an unusual place to find a baby. 
And that was the sign that was given to them. And at the very moment that all of this great news of great joy was delivered, suddenly these heavenly assistants showed up praising God. Notice verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so the, the angels came for Christ's sake. Mary and Joseph left their houses for Christ's sake. And I want you to notice this. The shepherds did something for Christ's sake as well. And I want you to notice what it is. In verse 15, we see the angels went away from them into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they heard the message. And by heard, I don't mean that the, those sound waves hit their ears. What they heard, they understood. Could it be, after all of these the decades, centuries of waiting for the, uh, uh, the coming Messiah, could it be that he has come today? They heard it. They got the message and you know what verse 16 tells us? They confirmed that message. And notice the way that this is described here in verse 16. And they went with haste. And they left their sheep for Christ's sake. I mean, it was all about Jesus that these people acted. Mary and Joseph, they left their home and traveled all the way to Bethlehem, for Christ's sake. The angels left the glory of heaven, worshiping God in his presence to deliver a great message. And here are these shepherds, leaving the most treasured thing in the earth to them. There's their sheep. But it was a message worth dropping everything for. And you know what? They not only confirmed it, and they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, just as those angels had said. And you know what they did? They had heard the message. They had confirmed this message. And now, my friends, they forwarded the message. Taking the place of these angels, the angels' job was done. Now it was their turn to go and tell someone else. Look at verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child, <coughs> excuse me, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And they honored the one who had sent the message, God himself. Verse 20 tells us this, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen as it had been told them, celebrating great joy because of a great message realized, a prophecy in which people had hoped in, had waited for, had now come to pass. And all of these people acting for Christ's sake. But you know what the real wonder of this story is? I know you see the story of Mary and Joseph, and you know the whole situation there, this young gal with all her hopes and dreams, and an angel says, you're going to have a baby. And she says, but I ain't never been married. You know, I had never known a man. 
But God's going to do something spectacular in your life. It's a wonderful story. It's an incredible story. It's the, only, it's the kind of story that only God could bring about. And then there's that honorable Joseph who says, Oh, no, I'm not married, marrying a woman of that kind of you know, character. But the angel said, Oh, yeah, you're going to. And you're going to name him Jesus. And they did. It's a great story. It's a wonderful story. But it's a true story. And the real wonder of it all is that all of this took place for your sake. Think about that. The Son of God, in perfect fellowship, eternally with the Father and with the Son, receiving the worship of angels, and the worship in light of his creation stepped away from all of it, took on the form of a man, and suffered as a servant, was crucified on a cross, not as an accident and not as a victim, my friends, but as a substitute from you and I. That's what Christmas is all about. It was all done for your sake. So when you're celebrating Christmas, I hope that you will do just that. Come to the point in realizing, and I, and I should hope even overwhelmed by the thought that very God of very God, Jesus, would die in your place. You say, I know that's Easter, but you know what? Christmas is about the incarnation. The reason that Jesus added humanity to himself is that he could be our perfect substitute to stand in our place bearing the punishment that you and I deserve. It's all about Christmas, my friends. It's not about the gifts. It's about the gift. And when you think of the gift, you have to remember the giver, my friends. That's the heart of Christmas. Jesus left his throne for your sake. To celebrate it. I mean, take some time and give some attention to the very thing. I hope that maybe tomorrow morning when you wake up, you'll get online or find your Bible and just read and contemplate through the account the promise that God had made to make things right to reconcile sinners back to himself, to give them a hope and a promise, even to adopt them back into his family. My friends, that is the celebration of Christmas. And I hope, friends, that you'll act on it. I hope that you'll come to realize that you, like me, are sinners. Sin is, is in its ultimate sense, just selfishness. You use every opportunity for your own sake, not the good of someone else. That's love. Love says, I will sacrifice what is mine for the good of someone else. But selfishness only looks out for yourself. And my friends, it is selfishness that is an offense to God because God is a God of love. So confess your sin to God. Confess the fact that you have been selfish, you have hurt people, you have offended a holy God, and plead for his forgiveness. And my friends, 
He will give it to you. He will forgive your sin. He will reconcile your broken relationships if you will trust in him. If you will humble yourself before God and man, you will see the reconciliation happen all around you. And then maybe even be a little bit like those shepherds and maybe tell someone else about it. I mean, that is the wonder of great news. It is, it is meant to be told. It is meant to be shared. It is meant to be, to transform little boys, little girls, old men, old women, and everyone in between into heralds to let it known. Good news that cannot be hidden. That is the gift of Christmas, my friends. So remember, Mary and Joseph, they left their homes for Christ's sake. Hmm. Those angels, they left heaven for Christ's sake. Those shepherds left even their sheep for Christ's sake. But remember this, my friends. Jesus took on flesh for your sake. Let it be the celebration that tunes your heart tonight of what Christmas is really all about. Christmas isn't just about Jesus. It's about what Jesus did, and he did it for you. Hmm. We're going to do some more singing here tonight. And in the end, we're going to invite you to come up and grab one of these lights, and we may turn off the rest of them. And I hope it is the case that when we sing that old familiar Christmas carol, Silent Night, that the song and the voices surrounding you will hit more than your ears, but maybe spend some time in your heart tonight. God bless you. Thank you.